With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Grappling fans? Who's the first one that hit you to prepare mentally in the game? First of all, we've got all our matches have been pretty close. Hey, what's going on, grappling fans? Welcome back to another episode of Who's Number One. Very exciting time for us. Uh, by the time you see this, we'll be just 24 hours away from the event. Who's Number One? Gordon Ryan versus Kyle Bain. We've been leading up to that. It's been a quick, quick run-up, you could say. Uh, by the time we announced the fight, we only had about 14 days. Yeah. But I can tell everyone out there is very excited. I know we're pumped. Uh, also on the card, we have Ty Rutolo taking on Nikki Ryan and Cade Rutolo taking on Ethan Crownston. Super pumped, Michael. When, when are you going? Are you going tomorrow? And not there in the morning. Wayne's are tomorrow. Matches the next day. Yeah, it's coming up fast. Also around the corner, we have Third Coast Grappling. They're calling it the Kumite. The first one, I guess they're running a series this summer. It's a 180-pound gi tournament. Some really fantastic athletes in there. We have guys like Gabriel Larges, uh, Roberto Jimenez, Raginia is going for it. Hibamar. Hibamar. Uh, it's a really, really sick event. I think there's $10,000 on the line. Is that correct? Not sure. I think there is. There's also a couple good super fights on the card. That's on Saturday night. So Friday night's all gi matches. All no gi Friday. Or, excuse me. Yeah, Friday night is all no gi. Saturday night is all gi. So you got both ends of the spectrum covered. And uh, joining us today on the episode, we have uh, a representative from the Danaher Death Squad right now, the Australian transplant Craig Jones calling in from, I believe, New York or New Jersey, one or the other. How's it going, Craig? New Jersey, right? Yeah, going good, guys. Uh, I guess New Jersey, Hoboken side of uh, the river there. You guess. There's got to be an address wherever you are. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he has, Craig, he's in the ether. Craig, how do you pronounce your name? Am I saying it wrong, the Australian way to say it, Craig? Am I saying it wrong? So, yeah, Americans say Craig, and uh, Australians would say Craig. Craig. Craig Jones. Craig. Okay. From now on, That's going to be hard, man. You're I don't know Craig. if I'm going to make that leap. You're Craig Jones to me. Craig. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> how you doing man yeah pretty good um just trying to survive the the riots and the protests out here trying to make my way into the city to train every day and stuff but uh yeah more more of the same for me really you had mentioned that uh that henzo school almost was, was uh, vandalized in the protest uh have you guys shut down training or, or what's happening currently 
So some of the Gracies and stuff were hanging out there. I think it was um, two nights ago. So I think that was the night the protest really kicked off. So they hung, I think, in the gym till like 11 p.m. And about 9 p.m., some uh, some kids grabbed a police barricade and tried to throw it in the in the front window. So that, I mean, that could have been bad for them if Enzo was chasing after him. It's true. Uh, probably best for everyone that nothing actually happened. But you guys are still able to train there, um, even if it is a little bit covert or you know, um, sneaky. <laughs> yeah, we're still trying to train sort of, we don't train in directly in the basement. We're sort of training a secret, uh, a secret facility and stuff. But yeah, I mean, we're still able to train every day and stuff. It's just, uh, I guess the city's a bit more chaotic trying to get around right now. Coming off of a, a pretty big win last weekend, I think it was that submission underground just took on Wagner Hosha. Uh, how'd that match go down? How, how you feeling about your performance there? Um, I was I was happy to get the win and stuff, but like uh, I would have much preferred to to win it in regulation, to finish in regulation. And also, it's all it's always irritating facing up against Wagner. The man will uh, do whatever it takes to win. You know what I mean? He will slap you around, bend your fingers and stuff, take a few liberties. So Wagner really tests your patience when when you compete against him. He wants to uh, he wants to really piss you off and throw you off your game. Absolutely. Did he uh, uh, try any those tricks? Yeah, I was wondering, and I was looking for, forward in the overtime. I thought he was going to try and smother you with his hand over the mouth, but we didn't get to see any of that. Yeah, you know what? I was thinking about doing his move, but maybe throwing a cough in the hand beforehand. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> dirty. <laughs> One up and back. I love it. Throwing a cough in the hand in the corona time. Oh, wow. The corona yeah, strength. I maybe that would get me in trouble. It might be a DQ coughing on somebody. It would definitely said. go viral one way or the other, <laughs> yeah. I, suppo- I suppose. But Viral in other one ways. Yes. Did he do anything to you? He messed with your fingers or anything? Yeah, I mean, really just like twisting the fingers. He uh, he did smack me in the face a couple of times. I think he scratched my face off one of the smacks, and then he looked at me afterwards, and he's like, tell Gordon that's for him. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, does that mean you want to match against him? Like, what is <laughs> – you, you just, just want to scratch him. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. uh yeah, wow, tell Gordon this for him. Did uh did we get any other good trash talk? We people are always telling us that Wagner talks a whole bunch of shit during matches. Did did he say any other trash talk during the match? Yeah, for sure. Like what is like um he said some nonsense at the start and I missed it, but then the next thing he, he slipped out of one of my leg locks and he's like, uh that's what happens when you train him with kids and I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck you're <laughs> trying to say here. And then the other thing that was irritating was, uh, so w- the way you run EBI overtime, right, is um, say I give up my back. Wagner can take a seatbelt, but I can take uh, a defensive hand position so I can control this wrist. I can stick a thumb inside to obviously prevent myself being uh, strangled immediately. And he was just refusing to let me take a defensive grip off the start of the thing. We're arguing with the ref and stuff. He's just a sneaky dude. Obviously, he's, uh, he's an older guy, so he's a veteran i guess anything to win with him yeah oh my that's what happened what do you say that's that's what happens when you train with kids that's what he told you that's what he said to me and I, i'm like what is that like are you, is that a message to nikki ryan <laughs> <laughs> he's calling out both brothers <laughs> uh all right so he slapped you said this is for gordon that's what happens you train with kids i love it man yeah. every time we get something new a, a new wrinkle uh, of just i don't know sabotage but subterfuge that was one more thing as well, Rad. So uh, in our first match, which was, I think, three years ago, <clears throat> I tried to hit a, a rear naked choke with the arm in, sort of like a arm triangle variation yeah. from the back. And it was tight the first time in our uh, original match, but I didn't get it, Rad. 
So I try to use it as a trick uh, these days where I try to apply the choke. And obviously, if you guys can imagine, the way to defend it is going to be to open up to create some space between the neck. So I start applying the choke on him and he starts defending it. And he goes, he says to me, he goes, didn't work the first time. <laughs> but then he left his shoulder away from his neck and I slipped in the choke anyway. So he talked shit and got choked like 10 seconds later. Oh, jeez, <laughs> Got a little yeah. too confident. That's not what you want when you're talking trash is to get choked immediately afterwards. <laughs> what about yeah. the EBI overtime? Do you, you're, you're not a fan of going to overtime, right? Like what? How do you like it? I, I go back and forth. You know what I mean? Like um, if my opponent is, uh, I guess, sort of a more of a positional grappler or a points grappler, I do like the overtime because if they run away from me the whole match. So Wagner basically stalled out the five minutes. Like I won't say he ran, but he definitely didn't attempt anything. So it's great. EBI overtime is great in that sense because when the match regulation period is done, I actually finally get my hands on my opponent. But on, on the other hand, say if, if they're very good at EBI overtime and they merely stall to force an overtime, I guess that's frustrating as well. Like, I would I would much rather the threat of EBI overtime force more traditional-style grapplers to actually try and submit me in regulation. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's, that's sort of how it should work. You know what I mean? It's like, we better try and submit each other in regulation or we're going to have to give up a bad position. What do you think about this tournament coming in July that is strictly EBI overtime? I, th I think it's interesting. I think it's uh, it, it'll be terrible from a uh, a fan perspective, but as a uh, sort of a I guess a student of the game, for me it'll be very interesting because we'll probably we'll get to see everyone's approach to the overtime. Obviously, in a regular EBI, people are going to submit each other in regulation, which is sort of as it's intended. That's how you get paid to do the tournament. But for me, as a competitor studying people's strategies, it's going to be interesting to see everyone do overtime and see who has the most effective approach to it. Kind of reminds me, Craig, do you know that? Or Craig, see if I can Craig, calm down. Craig, Craig. Craig. Are you uh, familiar with the television program American Gladiators? Mike, you know what I'm talking about? It was like yeah, in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, for sure, yeah. The, the, the shootout challenge sounds like something that would be on that show. Like they'd be up there and just trying to rear naked strangle each other and see who racks up the most points. I don't know. So throwback to me. It's it's weird though because Eddie's whole goal is for it to be more entertaining for the spectators, right? Like that's his. He came on our show uh, a few weeks ago, I guess at this point. I said, "Ah, oh, man, this is this is like the juice. They're in the bad spots and they're gonna get submitted." We weren't really sure what to say because it, to us, I mean, it's it's one of the most controversial things about EBI, right? It's very divisive, and I I think at this point, there's not really a consensus if it is more exciting or not. I mean, you get a conclusion, but. Yeah. I don't know if it's more exciting. I think athletes tend to like it a lot of the time because they don't leave it in the hands of the refs. But yeah, I think Craig's right. From a fan's perspective, it's not it's not the most appealing thing. I'd rather just watch people just straight up grapple. But uh, so I was, I was wondering with EBI overtime, right? So EBI overtime's capped at uh, two minutes now. So you only get a two minute shot to hold someone's back. I was thinking like for the EBI overtime tournament, if uh, if you go three rounds and both of you do two minutes each in overtime. Do we then go to a regular match to decide the winner? Good question. <laughs> go to a second overtime. Uh, but <laughs> so, what do you think about the event? Obviously, we have three of your teammates uh, fighting this weekend. Who's number one? Gordon Ryan versus Kyle Bame. What do you think about this event? About this card? I think it's going to be interesting because obviously there's a huge uh, rivalry 
not necessarily a bad blood rivalry, but obviously a big rivalry between DDS and uh, 10th Planet. And I guess Kyle Bones emerged as sort of the number one guy right now. <clears throat> He's sort of the most effective 10th Planet grappler in competition. So uh, to see him against Gordon is going to be very interesting. Obviously, uh, Nicky Rod has already beaten Kyle Bone. I believe it was a Kasai. But I guess in a sense, uh, that was points. This is going to be sub only, so it presents a new challenge. Um, it'll be great to see Nicky Ryan back. Is this his first match since ADCC? I no, think. I think he did Substars, right? Didn't he fight like Jay-Z at Substars or something? Oh, he did, yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. That's right. Substars, yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> that's going to be a real interesting match because uh, obviously Ty finished above him in the division for ADCC. Obviously, he had a breakout They both lost to the same guy. They both lost to Paulo at one point. That's true, that's true. Maybe uh, Paolo get the winner of this one. <laughs> I'd love to have Paulo on who's number one. We've been trying to yeah, work that, make that happen I think, for a I think while. Paulo's still recovering from that knee bar from Ty. To the truth is he really? Yeah, I think he had surgery from that thing. But uh, oh, that, was, yeah. that was nasty. That was like one of the nastiest knee bars I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, yeah. props. Yeah, yeah. Props said that was uh, yeah. Vinny Magalhaes and uh, Craig Jones level disgusting. But uh, <laughs> props, props to Kyle Bame though for uh, taking this match. This is, I mean, I've been talking with everybody trying to set up no time limit matches with Gordon, and nobody will do it. Nobody. You can you can name anybody basically in the game, and they do not want any part of a no time limit match. So Kyle Bame actually stepped up and did it. So, I mean, that that's some balls for right there. How do you think uh, the no time limit aspect changes things, Craig? Uh, I think the longer the match goes, the more it favors uh, Gordon Wright. So I think this rule set no time limit. It's definitely the best rule set uh, for Gordon. So I think of all the rule sets out there, this is going to be the toughest one for anyone to actually beat him. So I think it's, yeah, obviously very ballsy for Kyle to step up and take it. But yeah, props to him for taking it. I think in sort of a skill set manner as well, like uh, it's very difficult. Kyle Bone's strength is going to be obviously from the back with his EBI overtime skills or his leg locks. But the problem is Kyle Bone's strengths, I believe Gordon is actually better at which poses Fair. another difficulty for him to win this one. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, Michael. Yeah, and as we know, I mean, as you know from your match with him in EBI, uh, Gordon's a pretty tough guy to submit. I mean, you basically had him in a full lockdown armbar for uh, I don't know how long, but, I mean, it's going to be hard to submit, Gordon, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah, that guy's going to really – he's really good at training late-stage submissions, which I think obviously a lot of Ivy's Jeff guys don't do. Really, they're just practicing passing guard or playing guard because that's where the match is decided, the victory is decided. Uh, whereas Gordon, obviously being submission only, is uh, practicing a lot of late-stage submission escapes. And I don't think there's really anyone that's better at escaping submissions uh, that are applied so deeply than Gordon. Again, another factor that will probably favor uh, this rule set. Do you think um, the pacing of this match will be very, very slow with Gordon uh, choosing a more methodical route, or will Gordon have zero respect for, for Bame and just sort of come after him out of the gate? I'm interested to see that too. I actually haven't spoken to him directly about his game plan, but I think uh, generally he take, takes it pretty slow, especially like, I guess it will depend on how much he uh, respects Kyle Bame, because Kyle Bame's strength is going to be uh, at the beginning of the match. Kyle has been uh, seen to get tired in matches, so whether or not uh, Gordon attacks him straight away probably depends on how much Gordon believes he's a threat. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm leaning towards Gordon taking a, a slower path. It's just how he normally does things. But I mean, he took how long to put the tap down? And he could have finished him pretty quick. Right, but then you think about how long was that match with Fury Samoys at Kasai? That was relatively short. I want to say. I mean, he got in the back. I, I guess like within the first couple of minutes, if I'm correct, and was there for maybe a few. But Craig, can you explain a little bit the Tenth Planet uh, DDS rivalry? I believe it just is built upon um, the two biggest teams in submission-only events and uh, DDS versus 10th Planet happening a lot of times throughout the EBI tournaments. So it's really just a shootout between the two most successful teams in that format. And I think it's like, it's not necessarily a bad blood rivalry, but there's definitely a competitiveness to it. Both teams really want to be regarded as the best in that rule set. So it sort of drives each of us to get better. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, uh, speaking of team rivalries, there's also a nice little team rivalry between the DDS and Atos too, wouldn't you say? The other two matchups are DDS and Atos. Yeah, for sure as well. That would be, um, I guess, traditionally we've faced off against those guys in points tournaments and stuff. So that would be Atos are probably the uh, the best team in the world in those sort of points tournaments and the traditional style tournaments. So for us to take them on in that role set, so developed a rivalry in and of itself as well. One thing that surprised me when we had Kate and Ty on this podcast, um, they mentioned that they basically didn't really train no gi at all, and that they were strictly juvenile gi players until trials, trials, which was, you know, roughly about a year ago, just over a year ago. So they've actually put a lot more emphasis towards no gi tournaments. They've seen how quickly they can build their brand, you know, taking more uh, marquee matches like Ty took on Wagner, for example, fight to win. I've seen them evolve a lot too. Their wrestling's got better. Their leg lock, like that. That was their uh, Achilles heel or whatever at uh, mm-hmm. the trials, right? They're, they they had basically knew nothing about leg lock. They both got heel hooked, right? What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what I'm getting to is that um, they seem to be fired up about this style of competition much more than in the past. Uh, in the past, they said they want uh, they prefer no time limit. Exactly. Exactly. I was surprised that. to hear that. You know, for so long they were the. Uh, up-and-coming gi, you know, prodigies, and it seems like they might have transitioned almost fully into no-gi competition. You've probably been in the room with them at that Modolfo camp, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, we stayed at the same, uh, we stayed at most place together for, I think it was like nine days or something. I trained a lot with those kids. Those kids are savages, but I, I guess, like you said, they didn't train uh, no-gi up until that day, but that just goes to show you how quickly you can adapt to a, to a new skill set at such a young age. Like, I guess guys around the age of 30 or over are going to have a, a much more difficult jump, jumping from gi to this no-gi style of jiu-jitsu. Well, especially them, it's definitely too. definitely true. I yeah. can confirm this. Well, them, too. I mean, these are we're talking about people who they've, they've been doing jiu-jitsu basically since they could walk. Like, they were doing it when they were yeah. babies. Yeah, it's crazy. Those, those kids, are, I, I got a lot of respect for those kids. They train super hard. Every single round they did on that camp was like it was like the world's final. You rolled with them? I rolled with one of them. And I honestly, I can't remember which one I rolled with because they both had knee braces on at the time. Oh. Like, <laughs> how how are they going to do that? I think, it, yeah, <laughs> only one of them gets to wear a knee brace because, yeah, you literally, I cannot tell them apart. Uh, one of them has longer it, hair right now. Cade. Huh? I think it was Kate because Kate's a little smaller than I. Uh, Kate's like 10 right? pounds lighter. Yeah. So, what do you think about this matchup with Nikki and Ty? I think it's a very interesting match, and it's probably going to be a, a predictor. Whoever takes the victory is probably going to have a great lot of success at the next ADCC. So it's a good sneak peek for probably who will be taking the podium positions in the next ADCC. 
I think it's going to be very exciting. Nicky Ryan's, I don't think I've ever seen him in a boring match. And the retort tie, I don't think he uh, really overly respects any of his opponents. He just goes after him to attack nonstop. So I think it's going to be a crazy scrap. Who do you think the rule set favors? 15 minutes, sub only with the ref's decision. I think it definitely favors Nicky Ryan. I think, uh, for me, it's going to end in a submission. and I believe Nicky Ryan has much more ways to win by a submission. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Ty's got a, a sick darts, but Nicky's got... I mean, he's got a great triangle, he's got great back attacks, he's got great uh, leg locks, he's got a lot of a lot of submissions. Do you think Ty will be a... Ty, uh, he maintains a very uh, high... He's very active in a match. He's got a very fast pace. Do you think he'll be able to maintain that for 15 minutes? Yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting, because I know Nicky is going to attack him nonstop for 15 minutes. Nicky never settles or rides out of position or anything he's going to be coming for the finish the whole time he's going to be trying to enter the legs he's going to be chasing tie down going for takedowns i don't even think nicky will be too conservative in his attacks based on ty's das i think he's just going to shoot take him down get on top or if he or alternatively uh attack the legs so yeah i think uh ty i think ty will probably maintain the pace for 15 minutes i think uh he's got a lot of heart so he just pushes himself even if he's tired so um, you mentioned, you know, Nikki might be game to wrestle. That was one thing I wanted to ask you about. You know, that was definitely a skill set that I feel like uh, both brothers uh, put a large emphasis on towards uh, ADCC and before. Is that something that you, you've seen continue on in the training and that you think uh, Nikki might try and debut a little bit of uh, on Friday? For sure. Whether that's from the standing position or from the seated position. I mean, I watched Nikki wrestle with uh, – Roman Bravo Young recently, and they had a crazy scrap. I was yeah, from uh, from Penn State. Wrestled from Penn State. Yeah, I, was, I, I mean, I have a lot of respect for Nikki's skill set, but knowing how good uh, Arby White is, I was surprised how he was able to hang in there and uh, hang with the wrestler in some some of the positions and stuff. So that that really impressed me with his skill set. So I think uh, I think Nikki will have the wrestling edge in this match. Interesting. That's pretty crazy. Roman Bravo Youngs. I mean, he was one of the favorites for the NCAA title this year. He beat Austin DeSanto earlier in the year in a duel. Uh, so Nikki, I mean, we talked a lot about Ty, uh, is young and up and coming. I mean, Nikki's in the same boat. Nikki's still a teenager himself. Like how, how fast do you see Nikki progressing and training and stuff? Is he, is he a lot better now than he was at ADCC? Like, is he, is, are things moving pretty quickly with him? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, anyone that works hard at that young age just makes huge leaps and bounds. It actually training with him is making me start to feel old and I'm only, <laughs> only 28. <laughs> But yeah, obviously, um, you'll see every time Nicky competes, he competes pretty infrequently, actually. So I think every time you see him compete, you're going to see a, an entire new game with him. And all his skill sets, uh, the long-term goal being ADCC, you're going to see a more well-rounded grappler going to the next ADCC. That's one thing we've been talking about is we're so happy to have Nicky on the card because usually we have to wait for yeah, something special cool. to happen. He doesn't compete that often, yeah. So. Uh, not like Craig Jones who competes every two and a half weeks, but uh, what what about there's a third uh, matchup with your teammates and it's another uh, DDS versus Atos match, Ethan Kralenstein versus Cade Rotolo. What are you thinking about this one? Again, it's going to be another exciting one because like uh, I've never seen Ethan in a boring match either. I've never seen Ethan even slow down in a match. He has like a furious, aggressive pace to him. So I think him and uh, him and Kate are going to go back and forth. I do think that one's going to be a finish. I think, uh, obviously, Kyle and um, Gordon's going to be a finish, but I would also predict Nikki and Ty to go to submission and uh, Kate and Ethan. 
hope so. It's interesting to think, uh, when we were chatting with Ethan the other day uh, ahead of this matchup, you know, he's been kind of the up-and-comer from, from Danaher for like four years. And I think now it's time to call him an established athlete. He's competed at two ADCCs. Like, um, Ethan's been a brown belt for 10 years now. I know. Is, is it actually true? I can believe it. <laughs> like, it's been a He'll long time. He'll be a brown belt forever. <laughs> but uh, I was just thinking, you know, finally he's the veteran at this point, taking on, like, the new up-and-coming guy. Uh, didn't seem to bother him. He seemed very much just, you know, as another opponent. Doesn't phase him. But um, you think experience will be a, a big edge here. And is there even an experienced edge, considering that the rule tolls have been competing since they were, like, four? I mean, how does that how does that work out? Is there any math there I need to be aware of? <laughs> I think that uh, Ethan has an experience edge in this rule set, submission-only rule set. So I think that'll, that, that'll probably play a factor. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I mean, I think both of those guys have an endless gas tank and it's going to go crazy for the full-time limit until someone gets a submission. But I am really interested to see, because again, like Kate being so young, even if he competed uh, one month from now, you could see an entirely new game, entirely new set of skills, you know what I mean? So when someone's that young, you really don't know what to expect for them coming into another match. Yeah, I mean, Cage got some submission only. Uh, I mean, he's a Grapple Fest champ like yourself now. He's been doing pretty good in Grapple Fest, but uh, yeah, he hasn't been doing it as long as Ethan, but he's been successful in it so far. That's true, that's true. Yeah, who did he beat? Uh, he beat Jeremy Ashley Williams. Jeremy he, he beat Jeremy Skinner and Ashley Williams. That's right, yeah. The Ashley Williams won. Definitely a big win. Ash was on a tear at the time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, uh, all right. So, what's next for you? You got anything that you're looking at? Any any uh, matches that you're that you, any athletes you want to fight or anything coming up? Uh, any sort of elite level guy, I'm really looking for a match with right now. Um, I want to take some opponents that are going to uh, show a different uh, skill set for me. So, I think I'm looking for some guys that I'm going to stand up and wrestle with. That's really the goal, really to develop my skills for the next ADCC. Which 2020 has been a a crazy year, but it does feel like it's flying by. So, ADCC twenty twenty one is going to come around real quick. Yeah, for sure. So you're yeah, it's almost trials time. So you're working on your wrestling a lot then. You want to be able to take guys down twenty twenty one. Yes. Yeah. I I mean I want to develop a wrestling game that people are afraid of, and I want to have a wrestling game that people, if they do back away from my guard and they don't want to engage, I want to have a complete skill set so I can chase them down and force the action. Someone like uh, I would look up to in that sense would be Gary Tonin. Yeah, you, yeah. You can't, can't have a boring match with Gary Turner. It's Absolutely. impossible. That's He's going to chase you down, force you to scramble. So that's sort of the well-rounded skill set I want to have. Are you going to go up to ninety-nine in twenty twenty-one? Because you, you're getting bigger. Or are you going to stay go stay at eighty-eight? I think I'll stay at eighty-eight. Yeah, because we've got. Um, I suppose Gordon might be doing ninety-nine. I mean, it would depend on uh, my weight closer to the event. Right now, I'm only about two hundred and three pounds, so still pretty close to a. Uh, to 88. Alright, so I'll give some uh, names to you. Uh, well, first off, do you think the hanger match is ever going to happen? It's not looking like it, right? <laughs> Doesn't seem what do you like guys it. Think? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's training. I, I DM'd him trying to make it happen, but no response, but I don't think he's too fond of me to begin with, so. But, uh, he, he, might, <laughs> he, might just, he might just have me muted. But, uh, is that, is that a match that you really want? Yeah, that, that would be a great match. Uh, he came he came third at the last ADCC, so it'd be a great, uh, interesting podium match because we're on other sides of the bracket. Someone that's looking to make a comeback, Shanji. I'm always looking oh, for a rematch sick. with Shanji. We went neck and neck in 2017. 
he's obviously come back from injury and stuff, so I want him to come back. Obviously, if he needs the experience competing again because it's been so long, but yeah, that would be a great match. To have. He said he's doing ADCC 2021 at 88, so he'll be in your bracket. Yeah, so we'll probably get that match either way, but yeah, it'll be a fun one to have uh, in the short term future. What about uh, you're one and one with Keenan, correct? One and one with Keenan, yeah. Would you want to rubber a match there? Yeah, that would be a fun one. It'd be good to get a, a more decisive victory. He obviously beat me up by quite a few points. ADCC 2017, we had a rematch on Polaris, and I was able to beat him, edged him out with a couple of takedowns in that match. But again, it was a pretty boring match. I would love to have a more decisive victory over him. A name that just jumped out to me is um, Mike Perez might be fun to run that back with, right? I think you've only had one match with Perez. Is that correct? Yes. What is it? We had a match at Kasai a long time ago. Kasai, yes. That was a... A six-minute match, pretty close scrap. So yeah, that would be a fun one to get back. Bame, another Bame would be cool. Bame would be a very fun one. Or uh, Lovato. Lovato is a guy. Oh yeah. Be a very fun one to get back. I know he hasn't been training too hard because um, obviously COVID and stuff, but um, he's starting to compete again. So it'd be a exciting one to get back into. I think the fans would love that one. He's focusing on the gi too. He said when he was when I was in a fight to win a couple weeks ago, he was all about. He's like. This was his first time competing in the gi in years, and he wants to really focus on the gi for a while, he said. All right, so uh, another match I think I'd be interested. I'm sure you'd like to have it, even though it's happened a whole bunch of times. What would you think about another match with Mateus Denise? That's got to be the target, I assume, right? De- definitely definitely the target. I just feel bad putting the fans through that one again. <laughs> <laughs> got to do more wrestling. I want to see some wrestling videos before we run yeah. that one back. <laughs> that, that would be a fun one for me. Personally, that's the goal for me. Obviously, for the – I'm trying to think how many minutes I've made you guys. We did 20 minutes of Grapple Fest, 30 minutes of ADCC, and I think we did about 10 minutes of Third Coast. I've already put you guys through nearly an hour of suffering, so I do want to do it again. What <laughs> what rule set What rule set would you want for a, a fourth match with Mateus? I think we run him through that, that shootout uh, – EBI overtime only. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Mateus definitely is not accepting that one. <laughs> I mean, no time limit. I'd be down with a no time limit. You know what I mean? Obviously, yeah, sure. uh, the fans could see that it was a no time limit match. They could watch the replay, fast forward to the end. They get to the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that his gas tank would, would be a you know one of the ma- major hurdles to overcome if you get into thirty or forty minutes? You know, his wrestling won't be as aggressive. His passing won't be as strong. Is that where you think you could really take the win? We might have lost you again. That smile. Stony ass, Greg. <laughs> What's going on here? Is it just this connection, Caleb? There we go. You're back. Well, I, I see you at least. Super quiet for me. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Yeah. Um, what was your might, question? Let me, let me switch over to from the Wi-Fi. I think my Wi-Fi is having trouble right now. Yeah, go to the cellular data. It would be better. Yo. All right. Can you guys hear me? Yep, looks good. Um. What were they right, saying? Back. Sorry. What was your question? Oh, yeah. So I, I was asking you, Craig, do you think um, if you made that Mateus Denise match no time limit that 
his aggression and physical abilities would diminish, and that that, that was that's really the the finding maybe challenge for you to to break him down enough to where you can really start working your game the way you'd like. Yeah, for sure. Because in our matches so far, like uh, he's been able to maintain the physicality, and that's been something I've had to overcome, and I haven't been able to overcome it in the time frame we've had. So I'd be very interested if it was a no time in the match to see if his approach would change. The thing with uh, Mateus in the matches is I truly believe he has the skills <clears throat> to engage me, pass my guard, and submit me. But due to the circumstances of the rules in the matches, he chooses to apply a different approach. So if the only option was a no time limit match, I feel like it would force action, force him to actually attack me. That's a good point. Uh, you guys love the no time limit match uh, rule set, and uh, even though nobody wants to do it. And the, the, the cardio... Obviously, I mean, there's nobody from the, the DDS squad who I, I think has cardio problems. Guys can just keep going from there. Do you guys – how many how many rounds do you guys put in? We, we always do a minimum of six rounds, and John doesn't tell us how long the rounds will be. So they couldn't be any, anywhere between eight to 12 minutes, really. We'd have no rest in between each rounds. So we'll do that six rounds back-to-back. Back. So – for me, it was a huge, a huge factor in joining the team was that uh, I usually I used to train where I'd watch the clock and I'd play the clock and I'd use my energy according to what the clock is showing. But obviously, when you can't see the clock, you're actually forced to do jujitsu. So the entire, say, say we do an eight-minute round, the entire time I'm uh, using jujitsu skills. If I'm in a bad spot, I'm trying to fight out. If I've got them in a bad spot, I'm trying to submit. Whereas if I see the clock on the wall, and I see there's maybe 30 seconds left, and I'm in a good position, I'm probably just going to chill for the rest of the round, consider it a victory. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah, sure. you don't know how much time's left, you just can actually do jiu-jitsu. I definitely watch the clock as much as I can. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the uh, So let's say you put in those six rounds, six rounds of you know unspecified lengths. Like who, who are the partners that you're usually going to be rolling with in these six rounds? So I try to roll Nicky Rod, um, Unfortunately, I do usually do the third, first round with him, maybe another round. Uh, Gordon Ryan, sometimes I'll jump in with Mickey Ryan. I'm always training with uh, Ethan Crownstein. I always uh, choose to roll with Oliver Tarza if he's in town, but sadly, at the moment, he's trapped in Canada. <clears throat> but yeah, usually, usually all pretty tough rounds, especially now during quarantine. There's no, uh, there's no rest rounds. There's no, none of the regular guys, the sort of the, I guess, the people with a nine-to-five job coming in to train. It's only the pros, so there's all tough rounds. That's running the gauntlet for sure. Let's. Uh, so we asked you what what matches do you think make sense for you. What what about for your teammates? Who do you think makes sense for Gordon going forward? It's hard to get a match for that guy. Like who would you like to see Gordon go against? That's a good question. I like that. I think uh, Philippe Penner. I think yeah, a third match. Well, that's probably one of the biggest matches. Biggest matches in jiu-jitsu. I think Bouchesha again. I'd love to see the match with Bouchesha with uh, a bit more action taking place. Maybe it being not an 80-60 absolute final, there's less significance to the victory. Maybe they'll open up a bit more. Maybe Bouchesha will attack a bit more. I think those would be the two biggest matches for him. Have you ever fought Felipe Pena? No. We were were going to face off for the bronze medal match at Kasai, the 205-pound division. uh, He got injured uh, against that. That's a great match too. Is, I like that match. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's not much uh, out there. I mean, obviously the Buchecha Felipe Pena matches are going to be pretty difficult to make. I mean, I think Kainen would be, even though Gordon's beat him, I think Kainen would be one that people would be interested in. Uh, Gordon has stated on this show before that he doesn't want to fight him just because he doesn't like him or whatever, but I, I think that'd be a match that people would love to see. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would love to see it. The uh, the first match they had was uh, amazing. Was it Nogi Pants? Nogi Pants, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Honestly, a, a match I would like to see happen, and uh, I know his emphasis on the gi right now, but I think Lovato Jr. versus Gordon could be kind of a cool match. Like, Lovato gets on top of a man. That's a tough guy to get get out of uh, that situation. It could be interesting. Zhangji as well. And Shanji. That was a close match at ADCC. Really close match. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. That, they did have a close match. That'd be a fun one to run back. Oh, yeah. Zhangji might be somebody who's crazy enough to do no time limit, too. He's pretty pretty about about it. But uh, what, do you, what do you think about for Nikki? What is, Nikki is he's got uh, a lot of interesting possibilities now because he's moved up a division, right? He used to be 66. And now he's going with the 77 guys. So he's got a whole new crew of guys he could fight. What are some cool matchups for Nikki? you think, going forward? Well, I think he's, he's going to do 77. I don't know if he's quite up to the weight yet. But I think a fun one would be uh, Nikki Ryan against Kennedy, the rematch. Mm. For sure. For sure. Yeah, that would be – yeah, because, I mean, that – That would be an interesting one. I almost feel like that first match doesn't even count because they were both so young. Like, they're, they're adults now. And, yeah, uh, almost four years ago. That's crazy. I think he was, what, like 15 years old? That'd be a fun one to run back. Uh, I'd like to see someone test Nikki physically. You know, some of those guys at 77 are beasts, you know, like Dante he, comes to mind. He told me on the show the other day he wants Dante's a match that he wants. I love it. I love it. Dante, you know, Jamie. Dante's a big 77. He is. And yeah. he's all muscle, you know. Yeah. He's jacked. I mean, JT Tars is like the, like the of course, the guy. But, yeah, you, but won't, I mean, you won't see him outside of ADCC. You got to get JT in ADCC, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Hackett versus Nikki Ryan would be a cool match. I think we, we were trying to do that a while back, right? It never happened? I never tried to set that one. I tried to attack it versus Rotolo, but I think mm-hmm. he's a little bit... Uh, William Tackett's pretty... William Tackett's like Craig's size now. Yeah, he's getting he, bigger. He's pretty big. William Tackett versus Craig would be a cool match. Gotta get set that one up yeah, one day. Yeah, he's gotta get a few wins, I think, before Craig takes that one. True. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, one day. Tackett's so good, though. I'm sure he's going to uh, create a great resume for himself, get those accomplishments. Dude, he's he's really good. Did you see the match? Remember the match when uh, Tex punched him? He, he lit Tex up in that match. He, like, mounted him a couple times. Like, he yeah. was all over him. He ended up losing, I think, in EBI overtime. That's correct, yeah. yeah. Tex put him in the spiderweb position, just ripped his arm off. Yeah. He's a little bit big for Tackett. <laughs> Side note, Tex has completely disappeared, by the way. I don't know what happened to that dude, but he's been off of uh, Instagram for a while. I don't know where he is. All right, Craig. Besides jiu-jitsu, what are you up to these days? What are you doing? Playing video games? Watching Netflix? What are you doing these days? Nothing, really. uh, I I train seven days a week. I'm lifting five days a week. And honestly, the training right now is so hard. I've got no energy for anything else. I sleep. I go to train, I come home, and I die in bed just watching Netflix. It's exhausting lifestyle. It's not as uh, glorious as uh, some people think it is. No, so. I can see the effects. You seem like you're you're half dead right now. No offense. <laughs> but I can see the effects of what they're doing to you out there. I'm, I'm always half dead. I, I blame Nicky Rod entirely. Dude, what's around with Nicky Rod like? That guy is a monster. He's like, what, 30, 40 pounds heavier than you? Like... What what are you trying to do to Nicky Rod? Yeah. You're trying to get to his back? What's your game plan with a guy like that? 
I think he's two two hundred and forty five uh, pounds right now. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's not there's not a lot I can do. I always do them in the first round and the first positional rounds mount. So usually everyone else in the training room usually uses that first round to warm up a bit. But me and Nicky Rudd just try to rip each other's heads off. So we <laughs> go super hard that first round. It definitely uh, it's a heavy load to bear, but I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, but there's not much you can do to that guy. You, know, you take his back and try to strangle him, and he can just simply – he can reach behind his back, grab your strangle hand, and just pull it, and he gets out of the back control. No problem. If anyone could flex out of a choke, it might be yeah. Nicky Rod, man. He might be able to do it, actually. Yeah, you say tear each other's heads off. He literally <laughs> is probably trying to tear your head off. Remember that, that Danaher quote is so funny, the one about anything below the, <laughs> yeah. anything below the eyebrows, I could finish it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's no, tried he, above the yeah, eyebrows. He's probably really tried a temple yeah. choke. Like just, just yeah, go squeeze for your it. forehead until your skull explodes. But uh, so that's another guy. Dude, how how fast is he improving? Because he he took second at ADCC with like a year training or something ridiculous. What's Nicky Rod like right now? Yeah, you know what, Nicky Rod. Um, he just adds little things every day. You know what I mean? He's not changing his game crazy every day. But he just adds little things, and he makes them work immediately. And what he does really good is he sticks to the game plan and competition. In training, though, he'll, uh, he'll try new things and stuff. He'll try to invert for legs. He really opens up in training but what he, to develop skills. But, yeah, again, his greatest strength to me is his strong will from all that wrestling training and then his ability to stick to a game plan. You cannot mess with him. I remember at Kinetic, there was a Brazilian guy. I think he's in the UFC. And he was slapping the shit out of Nicky Rod, like sort of that dirty sort of tactics. And yeah, Nicky Rod doesn't even flinch. It's like he enjoys it. I'm sure. I'm it, sure he's used to that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, basically all of his matches are just just clubbing each other. <laughs> <laughs> Nicky Rod's matches. Just, yeah. Uh, That's the preamble. Yeah. Him and him and Cyborg and Ali, you guys, they just fucking just, just hit each other in the head uh, until it says I'm taking it off of it. But uh, what's a, does he play guard ever? You ever see Nicky Rod playing guard in training, or is he just always on top? He does. He does try to play guard. More seated wrestling and stuff. More uh, he tries to avoid getting pinned and stuff. But yeah, he is starting to implement a, a bit of a guard game. Definitely starting to attack the legs. I think he'll probably be the biggest guy in jiu-jitsu to successfully attack people's legs. Dude, Nicky Rod. That's gonna be Paul Harris style if he starts locking on heel hooks on people. That's just oh man, yeah, career ender right there. Nick Nick Rodriguez heel hook. Yeah, he he has leg locked me before, and I thought I, I thought my leg was gonna be snapped in half. Oh Jesus! Well, I'm glad it wasn't. Uh, what about Netflix? <laughs> you say you said that basically the only thing you do besides uh, this training is, is Netflix. What are you watching on Netflix these days? Uh, shit. Anything to distract myself. Hey, I'm on a bit of a, a true crime binge right now. I feel like that uh, takes my mind off of uh, the jiu-jitsu world a bit. Helps me uh, get distracted. Like like crime documentaries or something? Yeah, like true crime documentaries and shit. That seems to be what I'm watching at the moment. All right, all right. Uh, Some dark stuff. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. But, uh... Yeah. Yo, are you guys uh, streaming the Jits King event? Yeah, that's going to be a good one, dude. Look at that Jits King bracket. Yeah, give me one sec here. I'll get the Jits whole... King. Jits Man. King's pretty sick, dude. You watch Mindhunter, Craig? The most stacked tournament I've ever seen for a $5,000 prize. Yeah, you're right. These, these guys like... must be hungry from Florida. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, so I got it pulled up here. We got guys like William Tackett, uh, Pedro Mourinho, 
John Combs is in there. J- Jason Rao, Jake Watson, Oliver Taza, uh, Baby Monster, Roberto Jimenez is in there. Johnny Tama, JJ Wilson, a MMA fighter who's pretty sick. Uh, Benji Silva, David Garmo, and a couple other guys. That's that's yeah. savage as hell. Let me look at that. That's honestly the craziest tournament. Whoever wins that tournament is top five in the world easily for that division. Dude, I could see Rao taking that thing. I don't know, man. Rao's I might as well attack it, I think. But there's so many good matchups. It's hard to say without looking at a bracket. I mean, that's 16 really tough dudes. Roberto's uh, in there. I mean, Johnny Thomas seems sort of small for that one. Uh, 185, by the way, is the, uh, the weight class here. Yeah, Johnny Thomas definitely small for there. Uh, I mean, don't count out Jake Watson, for example. Jake Watson's pretty fucking tough. Um, Benji Silva from Kyle Terra is in there. Well, some things. Baby Monster, veteran. I think I'd go with Rao there. Who you, who would you take in that one, Craig? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously going to support my teammates, uh, all of the Taza, Jason Rao and stuff. But uh, I just cannot believe, when I saw the line after that tournament, I was like, holy shit, how much are they paying for that one? And I was like, 5K? These guys must just be hard the- to compete. I think that's going to be one of the best tournaments of the year. I think that's a lineup that's really hard to beat. No, that's a pretty sick tournament. I mean, what date is that on? That's on June thirteenth. It's going down in Florida. So that that's next weekend. We're gonna have two events again. We're gonna have a fight to win the twelfth, and then this on the thirteenth. That's correct. Fuck. I things, love it. I things love are it. back to normal, dude. Two two jujitsu events every single weekend. Hell yeah! But uh, Taz is gonna be able to do that when you were saying that he was stuck in Canada. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm hoping he can do it. I know, as it stands, the U.S. borders are closed, but I think maybe they should even, be opening up before then. Even for Canada, huh? I believe so, yeah. I should hit Tazer up and see if he's got a flat over. Craig, you ever watch Mindhunter? Yes, yeah, that was a good one, hey. Yeah, Some dark was... stuff. I think it got, did it get canceled or something? I, just, I was waiting no, for a new I, season. I, I think that the they're just in between seasons, but I I don't think it got canceled. A lot of people like I, the actors they get to play the play the murderers are great on that. I think they might really be murderers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for uh, John Danano to play one of those. Uh, <laughs> Dude, he would make a great villain. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, okay, my my producer just told me it's on hold. The uh, the producer or the director, I don't know, Fincher is doing a movie first, so it's on hold. But, uh, oh, right. So we have to play a while. All right, Craig. So uh, a lot of good stuff. Uh, oh, he says David Fitcher did Fight Club. Okay, that makes sense. The guy that did Fight Club is making that is making mine on it. Yeah. All right, Craig. Uh, great having you on the show today. I'll uh, we'll let you go and get your rest. Uh, looking forward to the event this weekend. Uh, two events, actually, and then two events the next weekend, so things are back to normal. And, uh, yeah, you got anything to say before we go? No, nothing. I guess just, I mean, every, I think the whole jiu-jitsu community is going to be watching who's number one on Friday night. It's good to have uh, the Ryan brothers back in Dayton and Ethan as well. I won't forget Ethan. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, we, and we're going to get you on the next one. I tried to get you on this one. It just didn't work out. But, yeah, next who's number one, we got to get Craig Jones on there for sure. like it. For sure. All right, Craig. Well, thanks again for calling in. Always nice to talk to you. And uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting soon. So take care, man. We'll talk to you later. Soon. See you guys. Peace. Now we're done.